Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. If I were to say to you we should um, worship on the Sabbath day, what would you tell me? You'd say, well, that's the Old Testament. And the nation uh, was given that command to meet on Saturday, which was the Sabbath day. And New Testament Christians meet on the first day of the week. So we understand that we meet on Sunday. Uh, And where do we find rest now as New Testament Christians? We don't find rest in a day on the Sabbath. Uh, Jesus said, I will give you rest. So all those that are in Christ, we find rest in the Lord. That's where our rest is found. So we understand that that Sabbath day was for the nation of Israel. But most Christians are taught to to tithe. And tithing is something that the nation was given as well. And the tithing principle is, it probably wouldn't be correct to say the tithing principle. Tithing is taught to New Testament Christians as giving 10% of their money uh, as part of their tithes to church. But that law was given to what nation? The nation of Israel. Uh, That Jewish nation uh, had God's law, and they used that law. Uh, That law was used to govern their land. So we need to get an understanding of what tithing is so we just don't throw terms around. Go to the book of Malachi, and let's first find out who God is speaking to concerning the tithe. Malachi chapter number 1, verse Number one, Malachi 1, 1, the Bible says the burden of the word of the Lord to who? Israel by Malachi. We know that God is speaking to Israel. It doesn't say uh, the burden of, uh, of the word of the Lord to the New Testament church. It's clearly to Israel. That's the clear context of Malachi 1, verse number one. Uh, I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I love Jacob, uh, goes on, uh, it says, verse number five, and your eyes shall see and you shall say the Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. Uh, goes on to say in verse seven, you offer polluted bread unto mine altar. And ye say, wherein, we, wherein have we polluted thee? And that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. We have a situation here where uh, somebody's not honoring God. Somebody's despising God. Who would that be in the context? That'd be the nation of Israel. Look at verse number eight. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? Um, The Old Testament law called for that nation to honor God with their best. That's what the law called for. And it was, in many ways, it was a test of faith. People would profess God, but then they would seek ways to escape the demand. Now, isn't that a principle that we certainly can apply to New Testament Christianity? Man, oh man, people love to profess God. 
But, but boy, oh boy, don't they look for ways to escape serving him. And if one, one escape don't work, they'll just find another escape. Anyone will work. But it's basically the same hard attitude that the nation had. Um, they want to profess God, but they want to seek ways to escape fulfilling the demands God would have them to do. If, if you're just going to give God what's left over, that just means your heart's not in it. If you're just going to come to the church house when it's convenient for you, it means your heart's not in it. If you're just going to give to the Lord's work, if you've got a little bit extra money left over, your heart's not in it. And this idea of I'm going to say I'm a Christian, but my life, my, my heart and my life line up with something else. It's the same issue the nation had. Profession, but they're seeking ways to escape service. And this idea of giving God what's left over, well, if I don't have a better engagement, if I don't have a better offer, I'll show up to the church house and be with God's people. But if I've got a better offer, I really, I really don't care that much. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be realistic. That's the attitude of so-called Christians in our day. It was no different back in the book of Malachi. They had the same hard attitude. And so look at what it says. This is a great verse. If you offer blind for sacrifices and not evil, if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? If all you're doing is offering the blind and the lame and the sick, man wouldn't even be satisfied with that. You want God to be satisfied with that? If you and I won't offer God our best hours, it's a problem. It's the same problem the nation had. If you and I won't give God our best years, our youngest years to serve him? Come on. Come on. It's the same heart problem that nation has. I'll just give my, I'll just give my Lord my last and my dying days. Really? That's the attitude that that's the nation. That's the nation. So God's rebuking him here. Look at verse number nine. And now I pray you beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your person, saith the Lord? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do ye kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. Who should beseech God that will be gracious unto them? Israel. By way of reminder, who's disregarding God? Israel. Israel. Go to Malachi chapter 3. Look at verse number 7. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? Well, they've left. What have they left? 
God's ordinances. The nation has gone away from the commandments that God has given them. Look at verse number eight. Will a man rob God? Who are they talking about? The nation. They're robbing God. Here, preachers say, don't rob God. Here. Well, it's not a verse that you can use to apply to a New Testament church. This is regarding the nation. It says, yet ye have robbed me, verse 8. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? And here's the answer that comes back. In tithes and offerings. It all belongs to God. To make some application for us, all of the things that we have come from God. The nation didn't get that. So God accused the nation of committing robbery because all of the things that they have, they don't even recognize that it came from God. They've got no feelings or offerings of that whatsoever. And so what it does is the nation is assuming a license to take ownership of something they don't own. God owns it all. And our duty, just like the nation's duty, is to give and do what is right with that which belongs to God. Look at verse 9. And God says, You are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even the New Testament church. No, even this what? whole nation the nation is cursed are we in Romans 8 during Sunday morning now therefore is what no condemnation to them who, which are in who Christ Jesus you can't be condemned you can't be cursed you might be chastised you might need to be rebuked we might need to be reminded of some things, but we can't be condemned. We can't be cursed. It's absolutely impossible. This verse, robbing God, you're going to be cursed. God's going to curse you. That's a nation of Israel passage. Got nothing to do with the church. Look at verse number 10. Bring ye all, here it is, the tithes. Into where? The storehouse. That there may be what? Not money. That there may be meat. That be food. In mine house. That's the storehouse. Where the meat was brought. And prove me now herewith. saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. What are they bringing? Meat. They're not bringing money. Money. Who's bringing it? Jews are bringing it. And the food that the Jews are bringing and putting into the storehouse is called what, according to Malachi 3? A tithe. That's the tithe. Look at verse number 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. 
Does this happen to you when you don't quote unquote tithe? If you didn't bring 10% of your money, which the tithe isn't 10% of your money, it's food. Got nothing to do with money. But if you if you didn't bring your tithe, do you think you're going to be, uh, do you think your ground's going to be cursed? Man, I put all this fertilizer down. I planted. I followed all the instructions on getting that crop down on the ground. Boy, oh boy, we better bring our 10%. God's going to curse our ground. No. What he did for Israel. They didn't obey the Lord. They sure did. Leviticus 27. Leviticus 27. Watch what it says in verse 26. Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 26. Only the firstling of the beasts, which should be the Lord's firstling, no man shall, sanct shall sanctify it, whether it be ox or sheep, it is whose? The Lord's. Everything they had, everything, by the way, you have is the Lord's. And if it be of an unclean beast, then he shall redeem it according to thine estimation and shall add a fifth part of it thereto. Or if it be not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to thy estimation. Now, the tithes, this was a tenth, not of their money. It was a tenth of the products of their land. That the Lord had blessed them with. After the first fruits have been deducted. Now it's 10% of the of what their land produced. And the Israelites were bound to give this tithe. In support of the ministry. And in verse number 27. It says according to that estimation. Uh, you, you shall redeem it. And then add a fifth part of it thereunto. So. If you didn't want to bring your tithe, the 10% of what your land produce with food or meat, all, all that, you could sell it. But if you chose to sell it, you would make a profit off of that sale. You say, well, I don't want to give that 10% because I can invest it. And I can make more. So God said, okay, fine. If you want to do that, now you need to add a fifth. What would a fifth be? 20%. The tithe was 10%. If you didn't want to give 10% of what your land produced and you chose to sell it, now you would add a fifth or 20%. So 10% plus 20% equaled what? You would give 30 percent what was it for the levitical priests that's what the tithe was for well why do they have to get something well because it might be kind of nice for the priest to eat be a good idea what do you think they're buying and selling at the farmer's market they were not doing that look at verse 32 we'll get to more of that in a minute but um, uh, verse 29, now none devoted 
which shall be devoted to men shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put to death. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy unto who? The Lord's. It was the Lord's. It had nothing to do with money. It had to do with what your land produced, what the seed produced. Verse 31, the man will at all redeem all of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. We already talked about that. He wants to make a profit, fine. You're going to add a fifth and you're going to give 30%. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, it's of the land, it's of the seed, it's of the herd, of the herd or it's of the flock. It had nothing to do with money. What is your land producing? Even whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. There's your tithe again. The tenth of the herd or of the flock. Verse 33. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change, therefore, shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. That was the law to Israel. In verse 33, you see where it says, whether it be good or bad, God said, don't, don't start picking through stuff and saying, well, this is good and this is bad. You better not have a flock of sheep and start picking out, well, these I don't really want and these I do want. These are the good ones. These are the bad. No, no, no. You know why God has to tell that to the nation? Because people are stingy by their nature. Just like the nation. We can make that application to us today. Allow us to search our own hearts. Are we holding back from God? The, the selfishness and the stinginess of people, God's people, makes God sick. Don't start picking good from bad. Now, turn your page over. And what do you have? You have uh, do you have Leviticus chapter 28? Or do you have Numbers chapter 1? That's it. God left that at the end of the book of Leviticus. That's it. There's no more chapters. Chapter 27 finishes. And the last commandment that he gave to that nation was, guess what? It's the Lord's. So go back to Genesis 14. Abraham's our example of faith. But prior to the law, Abraham also served as an example of giving tithes. Go to Genesis uh, 14, Genesis 14, Genesis chapter number 14, and verse number 12, and they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. So Abram's brother's son was captured. 
And there came out, uh, and there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, where he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Ishkol, and brother of Aner. And these were confederate with Abram. When Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, so you see two uh, terms there. You see in verse number 12, Abram's brother's son. Um, well, Haran was Abram's brother. And Haran had Lot. So that's Abram's brother's son. Terah is the family patriarch, if you would. Uh, he had Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And so when you see in verse number 14, uh, when Abram heard that his brother was taken, you have both references that I'd like to draw your attention to. In verse number 12, we see Abram as a uh, as a um, Abram as uh, Lot's nephew by the actual lineage, okay. But then you also have the word brother used in verse number fourteen. Abram heard that his brother was taken captive. Well, that would just be brother in the use of the term. That's uh, it's a relative in that family tree of Terah. We see that as well nowadays. Brother and sister in Christ. Well, it's not your family lineage brother it's in the lineage of god it's the same idea here so there's no contradiction in the bible it's just understanding how that term was used in its context look at verse 14 the rest of it here the brother was taken captive he armed his trained servants born of his own house 318 and purposed them unto dan so abram he takes his trained servants and then 15 um and he divided himself against them and his, he and his servants by night and smote them and pursued them unto uh, Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. So Abraham, he smites them. He, he goes after him and he smote them. And then in verse 16, and he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot. We'll praise the Lord for that. And his goods and the woman also and the people. So we see by the time we get to verse 16. Abraham not only has Lot, he has all the stuff, and he brings it. Look at verse number 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he, that be Abram, gave him tithes of all. You know when this happened? Before the law. Abram is giving of his goods. And he's not commanded to do so. There's no Mosaic law saying you've got to do this. Abram is giving because he just desires to give. That's an example for all of us. In verse number 21, uh, it says, And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand on the Lord 
the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich, save only them that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men which went with me. Abram is not being guilt-tripped by the king. And he's got no law or command from God. But he's doing it because his heart desires. He wants to give to the Most High God. In other words, he recognizes it's not his, it's God's. Now, what was the tithe for? Go to Numbers 18. What was the tithe for? Look at Numbers chapter 18. Verse number two. And thy brethren also of the tribe of Levi, the tribe of thy father. Bring thou with thee that thou may be joined unto thee and minister unto thee. But thou and thy sons with thee shall minister before the tabernacle of witness. You know why, what the tithe was for? The ministers. They're ministering before the tabernacle. Look at verse 3. And they shall keep thy charge and thy charge of all the tabernacle. Only they shall not come nigh the vessels of the sanctuary and the altar that neither they nor ye also die. And they shall be joined unto thee and keep the charge of the tabernacle, the con congregation, for all the service of the tabernacle. And a stranger shall not come nigh unto you. The Levites are ministering. The Levites are keeping the tabernacle kept. Uh, and the sanctuary and the altar. They're ministering. The tithe was given. So the Levites could have something to eat. Verse 6. And I behold I have taken your brethren the Levites. From among the children of Israel. To you. They are giving as a gift. For the Lord. To do what? The service. Of the tabernacle. Of the congregation. They're not working the land. They're not buying and selling. They are serving. And that is what the tithe. Was given for. Now. When you have verse 7. All the way down to verse number 19. Who is going to do all of this service? And who is going to make all of these offerings? The meat offerings, the sin offerings, the trespass offerings, the heave offerings. Who's going to bring the firstlings? Who's going to, who is going to do all that? That'd be the leap, that'd be. Those Levites who are in charge of minister. And what does it say in verse 20? Regarding the Levites. And the Lord spake unto Aaron. Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land. Neither, neither shalt thou have any part among them. 
I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. They couldn't grow fruits and vegetables and they couldn't have cattle because they weren't allowed to own land. They didn't have land. Therefore, their land could not produce anything because they didn't have it. All they had was the Lord and they were going to serve the Lord. You think God would ask them to bring tithes if they don't have any milk or eggs or meat or cheese to bring? No. Look at verse 21. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance for their service, which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. You know what God said? The tithe is used to feed the Levites, right? We've established that and understood that. The nation is now going to give 10%. And the Levites are going to take the 10% of what is given. That's been produced from the land. You know what they're going to do? The Levites now are going to be able to take 10% of that and offer it to the Lord. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance. So they're taking that tenth. Actually, they're getting uh, what was given for, to the Lord. Ten percent of that now is going to go to the Levites. So they've got food to eat for their service, which they serve. Even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. So before you say you want to tithe, are you really sure you want to tithe? Because if you honestly want to tithe, according to what the Old Testament law says, you're not going to bring money. You're going to bring me. And I'm not a Levitical priest, but you would have to bring me some food. You'd have to bring something into the storehouse as food, fruit, vegetables. A cap, oil, grain. You get the point. You get the point. Nobody brought money. The tithe isn't money. And none of it can go to anything but what God said it could go to. When people give to a New Testament church, you know what that money goes to? Missions, gospel tracts. Vacation Bible schools, upkeep of the building, maintenance. And if the preacher's blessed enough, they might throw him a few bucks. And I'm like, it's you the tithe had a specific use. Nobody, no New Testament Christian tithes. Because if they did, now they're having to not only bring food, but if you want to make the food money and you bring money, now you've got the restriction of what it's allowed to be used for. I'm telling you, no New Testament Christian tithes. You could take some principles from tithing and make some practical application. But to say tithing is an ordinance of the church would be going way, way too far. Watch what it says in verse 22. Neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh the tabernacle of the congregation lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites 
shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. That among the children of Israel, they have no inheritance, but the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore, I have said unto them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. You are not serving at all. Unless you're a Levite. You're not. And if you tried to. You're going to die. Is that the way it is now. For New Testament Christians. No we all get to serve. Someone gets to play the piano. Someone's out witnessing. Giving tracks out. Somebody's taking some time. to Witness one on one. Uh, someone is greeting. There's all different types of service. New Testament Christians can get involved in. Now, some would like to take the Old Testament principle of Levites only serve and say, well, it's the preacher's job. He should do all that. No, no, it's not. We all get to serve. And guess what? None of us get struck down by God dead if we do try to serve. You're welcome to serve. Now, Christianity today typically is people think because they came to a church house at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And praise God they woke up. <laughs> praise God they got dressed. And praise God they showed up for church and they sat down. Praise the Lord. But we think that that is service. It is not service. You came and you got served. You got fed from the word of God. Some served on the piano. Some served greeting. Some served in hospitality and fellowship. So I'm not trying to get dogmatic on this. What I'm trying to say is we think in our mind, oh, we're Christians. Oh, we went to church. Oh, we, what are you honestly, what is your service to the Lord? In a New Testament church, not a nation, a church, you're called to serve. Get involved. Serve me. Please. I don't know what to do. Just ask me. I'll find something for you to do. We will find a way for you to serve. Look at verse 25. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thus speak unto the Levites, and say unto them, When ye take of the children of Israel the tithes, which I have given you from them for your inheritance, then ye shall offer up an heave offering of it for the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. Tenth of the tithe was given to them and it was burned on the altar. Serving God to them meant so much that they weren't keeping any of it. Verse 27, and this your heave offering shall be reckoned unto you as though it were the corn of the, of the threshing floor and as the fullness of the wine.
you don't the Levites didn't have anything. And this your heave offering shall be reckoned. It was reckoned to their account as if they had corn of the flesh and corn, as if they gave. They didn't have it to give. It was reckoned to them as if they did have it. If a father works, that family gave. If a husband works, the wife comes and gives money. It's the same as the wife giving, the family giving. It's reckoned to them. It's the same principle that you can take for the New Testament church. Just because a wife doesn't have a job, it doesn't mean the giving isn't reckoned to her as well. And that's the idea here. God counts it as if the family is giving. Uh, one more chapter, or two more chapters. Go to Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy 14. What's the seed money? Deuteronomy 14, look at verse 21. Ye shall not eat of anything that dieth of itself. You got a goat that just drops dead. That's it. Don't eat, you can't eat, get me, give it to your neighbor, give it to a stranger, but you can't eat it. There's some strange things in the Old Testament, isn't it? Thou shalt give it unto thy stranger that is in thy gates, that he may eat it. But you can't. Why? I don't know. God said so. <laughs> you get a baby lamb that dies in the Old Testament, you can't eat it. But you can give it to your neighbor and he can eat it. Why? I don't know. But that's there. Or they, thou mayest sell it unto an alien. That'd be somebody, uh, I know people want, I need more verses about the alien. That means someone's not a Jew. Someone that wasn't a Hebrew. You could sell it to a Gentile. Make any. Oh, uh, so then it says, for thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And then it says, thou shalt not seethe a kid. In his mother's milk. That's a weird way to end the verse, if you ask me. Seething is boiling. Who in the world would boil a baby goat? Who would do that? Isn't that a weird verse in the Old Testament? But God says you can't do that. Thou shalt not seethe or boil a kid. That's a baby goat. Thou shalt not seethe a kid in his mother's milk. Maybe we'll get into that deeper when we're talking when we're preaching verse by verse on Deuteronomy. But let's move on concerning this tithe. Look at verse 22. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increases of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. Now you've heard on TV, you know, send in your seed money. Where do they get that? They get it from Deuteronomy chapter number 14. The seed was not money. It is very clearly. Look at verse 23. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the, in the place which he shall choose to place his name there. The tithe of thy what? Corn of thy wine, of thine oil, of thy first things of thy herd, of thy flocks. And thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. 
That's what they gave. And you know why they're tithing? So they learn to fear the Lord. You know why New Testament Christians, I understand we're not called to tithe. We are called to give. That same principle can be applied. You know why? So we can learn to fear God. Does anybody fear God anymore? <clears throat> Verse 24, it can be way too long for thee, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, then shalt thou turn it into money and bind up the money in thine hand and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose and thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusteth after, for oxen or for sheep or for wine or for strong drink, or whatsoever thy soul desireth, and thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and shalt rejoice, thou and thine household, and the Levite that is within thy gate, thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. So we finally get to money. And if the place is too far for you to go, and the food's going to spoil and go bad, God says, you can sell it if that's the case. You can eat it after you, and but you have to take care of the Levites, and you have to make sure that you buy for them as well. You can't forget about it. That's the first time money comes up in relation to Old Testament tithing. Too far to go? Sell it, get some money. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.